The Hawks got oh so close to giving the Dockers the old heave ho, but unfortunately it wasn't to be on this occasion. We're back to recap the Round 13 clash. There's much to discuss when it comes to Box Hill, and a bit to say on the VFLW Finals too, so let's get down to business. Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, how did you rate Nat Fife's return from the war? Oh, jeez, that's <laughs> inappropriate. Oh. Well, I mean, they did talk him up a hell of a lot. That's and my he didn't point. have much they, impact. They wouldn't stop banging on about Nat Fife. I'm like, wow, we are really getting this to the final siren, aren't we? Another good effort from Hawthorne without getting the win. and You sound so exhausted saying that. Well, there's part of me that's like, you should be glass half full about this. This is good. You're retaining your draft hand and you're getting close to these really good sides. What more could you ask for? And then the <laughs> other half is like... Why can't we just bag a win? Put them away, damn it. <laughs> you had that many inside 50s. Nash, kick it, you bastard. Callow, Frost. <laughs> All the chances were there. We really could have beaten the Dockers. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, and a, look, a four-quarter effort that we were looking for, I, I've been craving that for a while, but just not the result. So it's disappointing. Jago Amira pulled one out the bag. What the hell was that? I didn't see that coming. Yeah, 30 touches, an equal team high nine clearances, which is level with Connor Nash, mind you. You'd be happy with that. Yeah. And uh, an equal team high seven tackles for Jager too, tied with Jai Newcomb, of course, a tackling machine. And uh, also one of four players that had six inside 50s. So a good effort from Jager. Tremendous distribution for the inside 50s. Jager earning his first MVP nod. It seemed appropriate. I... I wouldn't have put anyone above him. There's certainly, I thought it was kind of an even performance. I was kind of uh, one of the, one of those weeks where I was at pains to highlight too many players because I thought it was a, quite an even contribution. And I don't know if you felt that way. Well, you know, from his goal onward, he was just very, very good for us the whole day. Mm. After him, you know, you're looking at well, so many guys stood up in patches, but I'd have to say Harry Morrison and his goal. He would have been second rated on the ground for me. I thought he was tremendous on the big, wide expanses of that new stadium. <laughs> I really enjoyed his game. Well, he was one of our best users of the footy on the day, running at 88.2% disposal efficiency with 17 touches to his name. And as you say, brilliant goal. Uh, AFL player ratings, interestingly enough, they've crunched the numbers on his season and they have him in the top five wingmen in the comp. He's just got there. Um, and then, of course, Dylan Moore. Excellent all day. 83% disposal efficiency. Mm -hmm. With 18 touches and two goals. Now, it should be said that he did fade from the game towards the final quarter when it was up for grabs, but he was a big factor and he played a part in keeping us in it to begin with. So you can criticise him for for fading when when it mattered most, but we wouldn't have been near it if it wasn't for his contribution. And it was great to see Griffin Logue getting along with James Sicily because they'll be at Hawthorne together next year. That's, <laughs> is that right? Is that why Logue's in the forward line in the first place? Because they can't afford to be building yeah, a right. good defence without Logue. <laughs> I mean, with Logue there, if he's just going to walk out and go to Hawthorne, they said... I mean, all of the Fremantle players enjoyed Sicily on the weekend, didn't they? They, was, <laughs> they, they liked his company, I would say. Oh, sis. He had a great game. He did. Well, he continues to. I've put him in the honourable mentions, probably only because... I can't keep on putting him among our best. I don't want our shows to sound exactly the same well, week to week. Like, I feel like Crimmins, that's it, done. It might, yeah, it might be. It might be. It's What do you reckon, two-horse race, Newcomb and Sicily? Yeah, but yeah, no, would probably you give Sicily. it to Newcomb? <laughs> no, no, I, I would give it to Sicily. After what happened with Warple? <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, would I give it to James Sicily? Probably not. <laughs> 
Jeez. There is a bit. Well, tell, tell me I'm wrong, but if you're doing really well in the Crimmins at one point in the season, it's it's more than likely from recent history that you're going to cop an injury. It's yeah. quite ridiculous. It was poison chalice before you've even taken possession of it. Yeah. Um, Reeves was excellent. Great goal from him. How uh, good is it to just have a Ruckman back, eh? Yeah, but it's not just that. He was genuinely getting taps, get, helping centre clearances, working around the ground. He's going to improve. Hardly had any time to get match fit or anything. His mark about 20 metres out was one I almost got off the couch for. I was just like, Reeves! I just saw it coming, and when he plucked it, I was like, yes, come on. Now, this is curious. Mm. How? You're right. <laughs> I'll just check my forehead, yeah. see if we've got a temperature. Uh, it's his best showing at the level, right? Since <laughs> the Geelong game? Since a while. Uh, yeah, look, he, he was t- 20 touches and a goal, and a good goal. Wonderful finish. He's a very good kick for goal. We forget that. Yeah, we do, yeah. Uh, Honourable mention to Howe for that, at least. Do I have him in the side after the bye? Yeah, negotiable. Probably not. Really? Honourable mention omitted. Yeah, honourable mention for his effort on the day. Righto. Okay. GF, I I don't know how you gave him an honourable mention. I thought he was out of position much of the day. G- it's more GF and Scrimshaw as a duo, I think, okay. work quite well. Right. That's all. All right. Well defended. <laughs> Thanks. Unlike GF. I don't, now. <laughs> I shouldn't have to feel under attack from my co-host. Why not? That's part of the vibe. Um... <laughs> and that's why I've been doing this for six years. <laughs> Keep proving yourself, Nick. Now, um, Neil, we always hear... Sorry, I just hope to get a Guernsey next week. (laughs) Neil, we always hear that Hawthorne have a great back six. So why does it so often leak like a sieve? Well, that's purely because they're not sending the midfielders back to plug the holes any longer. Yeah, yeah. And devoting them to more forward and and more aggressive plays. Um, It was bad having two key forwards out, but... That wasn't the only place Freo made us look ordinary on the weekend. Those fast, easy goals out of the centre were killers. How many goals did they get over the back as well? Yeah, well, Hawthorne's been vulnerable to that for a number of years, I feel like. That happens to us a lot, Yeah, which is unfortunate. And the only thing I can say is I can think of numerous examples and good ones where we've done it to other teams this year. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's some cause for comfort, but I know it is frustrating. And yeah, oh, I, I genuinely feel they they weren't at home on the ground. I think they didn't realise mm. how much space was behind them. Yeah, it could a lot be. of the time. I, th- I think our midfield generally does fail us in that area as well. They put our our backs under immense pressure almost instantly. Some of the time, mm. uh, that doesn't help. Especially with the six six six, it doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's why we've found it so hard to arrest momentum. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Numo has a question. Is now the time to pull the switch with Will Day to play more game time on the wing or through the midfield? He's had a decent block of games and it appears that Day, Impey, Bramble and CJ all playing halfback means that someone misses out. Day is too valuable to be getting minimal disposals. Look, I don't think, given how he's been performing lately, that we want the ball in his hands all that much. He needs to find some real form before we give him a position on the wing. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. He, he just looks off right now. There's an issue of confidence. He's, you know, he, a guy... He's been battered. They put him in midfield. Oh, well, he's been battered. I, that's true. I think he's working through injuries, as I 
as I expect Bramble is, and CJ, mm-hmm. and probably even Impey. I think they're all bashed up a bit. Yep. Impey didn't have much of a preseason. Yeah, well, it's kind of, <laughs> on paper, some very, very talented players there, but it's no coincidence that maybe our, our back line is starting to falter just a smidge at the same time that these guys look underdone. And tired. Yeah. So I, I think that that goes some way to explaining the whole as as Neil pointed out, leaking like a sieve. That can't be that can't be good either. Rocky and Ralph ask why play Bramble off the halfback flank when injury's taken away a metre of his pace. Well, my question when I saw that uh is Where would you play him otherwise? Where would you play him? You can't play him on the wing if he's lost a metre of pace. No, that's right. So is there a spot for him? I think you persist with Bramble, um, because I think he's gonna be a really good talent and a good weapon in future. Right now, like those other guys we mentioned, he's he's kind of he's lost a step in his confidence as well. He's not nearly as damaging as what he used to be. Yeah, but he's also got to gel with those around him. So you just keep him in the lineup, even if he is underperforming like Day is at the moment, because they've got to gel and they've got to bond with those around him. He's looking better than what he was, Bramble. He's asserting his influence better, but uh, yeah, he's got ways to go. Oh, Richard. Do we have to answer this question? <laughs> well, let me ask it. Uh, Richard asks, Hey, boys. G'day, Richard. Are Gunson's injuries this year and last year going to bring an end to his distinguished career at the Hawks? And your thoughts on Frosty as a key forward? Is he the Gunston replacement? Cheers, boys. Love the show. Thank you, Richard. Frost is a Gunston replacement. Well, we just heard news on Frost, haven't we? He's out for six weeks with a bit of a knee complaint. Yeah, not exactly what you'd expect when you saw him come from the ground, but uh, the news coming from the club is four to six weeks with a knee. Right. Well, that's not as bad as that might have been. No, I suppose not, but a little bit a little bit of a shock that he's out of the lineup for that long, and he's going to be a tough one to replace. Look, if um, if Gunston does come out of the lineup at the end of the year, uh, due to lingering injuries and the fact that, you know, he's won enough... Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, he has. He's well, been yeah. absolutely incredible. And <laughs> well, to be honest, his flaw, yeah. and what he finds acceptable in his own game, mm. is... Enormously is, high. Is enormously high. <laughs> and if he feels he can't reach that, he, he may not want to play on. Well, so he's got nothing left to prove either. So he could just go out of the lineup. He could hold his head high and call but you But you wouldn't bother playing Frost. No, that's a manoeuvre I've been curious about from Sam Mitchell. I'm not really sure why Frosty has been appearing there. I'm not sure of the necessity of it. Uh, no, uh, Frost is not a long-term gun. I don't know if Richard was even implying that if he's a long-term gunster replacement. That'd be Jekka, I would say. If they even do do that, yeah. Yeah. They might just have a, a small that plays tall. But, you know, Gunston, you can play him anywhere in the lineup. He can do things for you. And we're just not going to be able to find a replacement for him that quickly. Mm. Um, Frost is a big body. He's fast. He doesn't kick very well in front of goal, but, you know, I can I can see why he does it. And also gave Frost the ability to, to change his mindset from being completely defensive. This question from Anthony. Uh, when Lynch is available, does he come straight in and we play two rucks? Who misses out? Lewis comes in, Callow goes out, and then there's going to be some unlucky player somewhere. You're a fan of two rucks. I am not. I am, and also I believe that's what we're trying to do. I, I, I imagine that's the case because we've been seemingly at pains. Well, in that case, it, like the start of the year, Cosy comes out. Well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing. I can't have it all... I can't have it all the ways I want it to go with this Hawthorne lineup because I also want the twin towers of Cosy and Lewis. But then if you play the twin rucks as well, there's the debate: Are we getting too tall now? Are we too slow? 
Uh, I don't know. It, it depends on the supporting cast as well. There's um, a lot of depending on Gunston too, because yeah. if Gunston can play tall and short, then you probably don't need Cozzy. But if mm-hmm. Gunston's not there, you might retain Cozzy and one of the small forwards comes out looking at a butler. From week to week, it's also informed by the opposition as well and the potential matchups and the well, capabilities. See, I hate that. If, you, if you're picking your attacking team, based on what the opposition has, nah. No, well, why shouldn't they come into the conversation? You no, because wanna... this is the difference between a, a, a good team hmm. and a team that's potentially winning a premiership. Okay. Is that you don't stuff around with how you're going to play football. All right, I understand, yep. They do. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, they, the opposition they try to adjust. thwart you. They adjust to try and beat you. You don't accommodate to try and beat and them. And this is part of that conversation in why does Hawthorne perform well against Fremantle, mm-hmm. Melbourne, Geelong, yeah. You know, because mm. Sammy sitting in the box knows exactly what they want to do, yeah. but if he gets Gold Coast, they'll change their game plan to wallop Hawthorne that week. <laughs> okay, right? gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. they're just uh, they're just a good side <laughs> that is prepared to change. Do you understand? what Yeah, I'm no, saying? I understand. Yeah. yeah, I get you. I get you. I, I you just... have to play the game how you want it. I and know. Find a way to enforce that on the opposition. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss trying to exploit the weaknesses of the opposition, though. But it's a it's a false dawn, if you know okay. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to come up against that every week. Exactly. If you're changing yeah. your game every week, you're going to be inconsistent. Yeah. If but, you have a similar game plan every yeah. week, and maybe you're kicking to that bloke this week, or you're making sure you, mm. or, or you're making sure Dan Howe is the last man in the fence, and you kick it on top of his head every five minutes <laughs> because Sammy can't get him out of there for some reason, <laughs> as happened against Gold Coast. Yeah. You know, you you can target their weaknesses. But you don't do it in selection and you don't do well, it... Well, for, for, for what it's worth, I do believe Sam Mitchell is of your school of thought. Good. I know he is. Because <laughs> you can see that yeah. but the by way, his results. And the way he talks about stuff yeah. as well is we want to create a brand that, that can succeed in finals. Yeah. The way he talks about the team's makeup and what I he wants to accomplish. I do wish every now and again that was a little negotiable. That's, that's playing, not Playing mean. Essendon, you know, just... Yeah. Kill him. I don't care if you're not going to win <laughs> you know, next week. Just this week is fine. <laughs> anyway, well, geez, we strayed through the question there, didn't no, we? No, we didn't. I mean, that's exactly... That's the underlying cause of these things, isn't it? I mean... Well, Anthony wants to know if Lynch, if Lynch is available, does, does he come in and we play two rucks? I say yes. Regardless of what I want, I think that's what happens. Is and it a little bit too much pressure on Lynch? I don't like... Uh, yeah, potentially. Do you want to get him, give him some touch in the VFL for a little while? I suppose so, but you can you get hit in the head at every level, so... Yeah, I know, but, you know... If it's a matter of confidence, yeah, certainly VFL. You know, he's got to be confident about being back out there on the park and, and getting right with his, you know, feeling secure and assured in his own body again. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be a problem. I just... I just want him to hit hit when he gets to the AFL. I want him hitting straps. Uh, we heard from Scacy. Uh, why is DGB not playing? I'll keep asking this until I get an answer. Is he our future or not? Gee, Scacy. No, he is the future. Yeah, he he is, but we're not calling the shots. If it were up to us, I'm sure between the two of us here, we would be playing him more. Mm. Uh, certainly not Hardigan. You know, regardless of whether I'm too harsh on him or not. It's pretty clear by Kyle Hardigan's age profile that he's not part of the next piece of silverware. So you play DGB. And indeed, going forward, you play James Blank. Uh, from- I am not here to watch DGB find his feet in VFL. That is not what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you as well. As frustrating as it might be to watch him fail occasionally in the AFL, 
uh, Scacy's right. That is the question. Is he our future or not? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So? Show me someone else that's going to take that role. Well, there ain't no one else right now. On the list. Yep. There ain't no one else right now. We heard from Drew. Based on the season so far, what do you consider our biggest need is? A key position back or gun midfielder? Gun midfielder. Gun midfielder. We move on. Sorry, sorry, Drew. That one was pretty straight up and down for both of us there. I can see the contention, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a... But they're just, you're just not going to get a key position back uh, that beats their opponent and takes a mark at the moment. They're just not no. on the market. And also, I feel like we tried to address that with James Blank, but we don't. We don't know the answer to that yet, whether that's sufficiently addressed. Uh, I think we have to assume that that's the plan, that we've taken that now, and we look to a gun midfielder in the draft. That has to be the focus. And now we get to the Warple questions. Oh, yes, from Shana and, of course, from Hyde as well. First from Shana, where does Warple fit in and his Shields trade bait? And uh, Hyde asks, how long does Warple stay in the twos? All right, let's, start, let's focus on Warple first. So where does Warple fit in? I'll give you a clue, not the forward line. Oh, look, I gave him a scathing review for Patreon. Yeah, in our bonus episode. Yeah, so at the moment, he doesn't fit in. To my mind, his form is so poor, even in the VFL. Yeah, in the VFL, he certainly started to gather some confidence and gain some momentum behind him, but... I I don't feel compelled. If we're up to me. I don't feel He's, compelled to rush yeah, him back. You wouldn't you wouldn't pick him out of the twos now. No, no. I'm I'm fine with him plugging away down there right now. I don't think we're not missing him, and that is the key, isn't it? That's why you'd rush him back if you felt like you really had some urgency to give him a reprieve. But there's just nothing there for me. Uh, how long does Warple stay in the twos? Well, I'm I'm not sure. He'll be back sometime after the bye. I just don't know when. I, I know Shana said is is Shields trade bait, but you know Warple may be trade bait. Of the two, yeah, Shana asks. Are oh, you not going about... to get much for Shields? No, no, that's right. Uh, I imagine there were teams that would be interested, but we wouldn't get much back. Well, it'd be more like Shields. Do you want to continue playing? Yeah. Um, we'll find you a club. Yeah, give him the Hodgie deal. Well, yeah. except it wasn't quite the Hodgie deal because he walked away and then found a new club. <laughs> uh, but they, you know, um, I think didn't we make some kind of way to make sure he got to the next club or oh look probably i don't remember but yeah no you, you're right we'd try and you know thanks for your service kind of thing you know we'll we'll help you along and find you a home but of the two that shana's mentioned here in the question warple and shields uh yeah warple's way more ripe for being trade bait by the end of this year even to the point where you give him games make him look really good before you now let's not hmm. put it like that i completely think warple had one season that was out of the bag and mm. he's never going to get anywhere near a PCM again. Mm. Uh, no, he's um, he's just way out of form at the moment and he can't find a way to impact games. We're going to get to his stats in a sec. Uh, I'll get to this question first. Quantum Hawk, what's a pass mark for the rest of the season? Uh, three more wins. Yeah, I reckon a handful of wins in the second half of the year. You don't want a pass mark. It's interesting, isn't it? Because everyone's got their own standards. Maybe you don't want to get too many. Maybe you don't want to affect the draft oh, hands. Don't bugger up the draft hands. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't stuff around with that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> give, give me some joy. In fact, you know, we were talking off mic uh, over WhatsApp and you said something that really resonated with me, if I may share. Just win when we're there. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two more games of the G. 
<laughs> We've got a couple of Marvel, Marvel, right? Yeah. Yeah, look, just... Oh, I'd love to get one of the dogs yeah, at Marvel. I reckon we're a good shot, mate. I don't. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> we'll preview that next week. Could but... be in... Do you, I mean, it could, could be an interesting night, especially without that fella. What's his name? The one with the long hair that... Bailey Smith? That's the one, yeah. Somehow sense the ever joke. No. I genuinely forgot his name. Anyway, he'll give us a sniff now. All right. Well, let's put that in a Ziploc bag and put it to the side, eh? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the Box Hill recap. Box Hill Hawks had a good win. 15-12, 102, defeating Port Melbourne, 14-12-96. We'll get to Warple in just a moment. But on the whole, mate, uh, these two teams, we've seen them produce some absolute classics over the years. This one was a nail-biter, very much in that spirit. Momentum, it swung back and forth all day. It looks like Port Melbourne were going to pinch it. They had enough of a buffer, it should be said. Against... The wind. Against the wind. In the last quarter, they looked like they were just going to romp. Yeah, but Box Hill, they clawed their way off the canvas to tie the game late. Thank you, Connor McDonald. There's a very handy behind to tie up the game. <laughs> well, he was very clever in that last quarter. He was very influential, yeah. It was Fergus Green, though, who became the hero in the final seconds, slotting the match winner. And now, Box Hill are officially in the top four with seven wins and three losses for the year. And going on to the bye. Going on to the bye, yep, another one in, I think they're second in about a month, which yep. is a bit strange, but but here we are. Now, Box Hill looking very good after a, a very awkward and slow start to the season. They've uh, they've really cracked in and produced some good footy. Now, James Warple, been Workman talking about Workman-like performance. If, yes. if there is ever a way to capture what he did. You only had to look at his Guernsey after the game. Coated in mud, he dug in, did the hard stuff, 26 touches, two good goals, eight tackles, and team-high 12 clearances, which is just one shy of his total last week. So... Faded light. <laughs> I was waiting for the critical part to come in. I would say that his past fortnight has been positive. So people might be hearing this going, hey, why, oh, why, Nick, would you not pick him then? I'm not convinced. I need to see a bit more. Mm. It's, you've got to provide good feedback to him. I, I hope he understands that he can get back in the lineup, that they're just not going to leave him there. I feel like he's going to earn it sooner or later. Because that would be his best performance this year. Yep, it is. It is. And that backing up from last week. against, admittedly, we're talking North Melbourne. Not great opposition. Box Hill slammed on goal after goal and got home easily. But Warple backed it up again against pretty decent opposition in a tight game and had definitely an influence in a one-goal win. So good on him. But that's him putting his hand up. That's him going, look, yeah. I want to play. Yep. He might, he might have to continue to do that. The attitude was great. His physicality was good. Mentally, stuck at it all day. Um, Connor McDonald made his debut. Was used in the inside mid. Looked completely out of, out of sorts in there. A little bit strange, but yep. 20 touches. I, th- I thought that was his go. Well, it was. It was. Coming into the club, that was part of his expertise. And, and we've been playing him off a half-forward line since. If anything, this is the role I was crying out to see. But... Yeah, it didn't work out perfectly. 20 touches, though, and a team-high nine tackles. Finished with uh, zero goals, too, including, as I say, the behind that tied the game. A big factor in the final quarter, so hats off to him. Yeah, he got um, very important possessions and also took great options. Very good decision-maker. Yeah, you could see that he was operating at a different level. That behind set the scene for uh, Fergus Green, to get the match winner. Another four goals for Fergus Green. Which, Cl- which he did without really impacting. Like, I was yeah. just like, oh, he's got four now. 
Yeah, four from a 10-touch game. And it seems to be his go. He does it week after week, and I feel like I say it every week now, but an AFL list beckons, I just don't think it's Hawthorne, which is sad. Yeah. Because he is a joy. He is a joy to watch, as is this guy, James Parsons. Great pickup for Box Hill. They'd be wrapped. Absolute dominance this game. Four goals, three, including two of the best goals Box Hill have registered this season. That's worth tracking down on, on the uh, the socials. The, the footage of that. He's making a habit of doing flashy things game to game now. Uh, combined with 23 touches and nine clearances, James Parsons, best on ground. Easily. Yep. Uh, Honourable mentions, you got the Ruckman, Dave Brinker, Richley. Who I think 47 hitouts. Jeez. Yeah, he was in trying conditions. He was definitely the dominant Ruckman out there. Jai Sarong. Yeah, a bit of a Mr. Fix-It vibe to him at the moment. Never really sure where at Box Hill he's going to line up, but you just know he's going to have a crack anyway. And uh, Finn McGuinness, who went from best on ground last week to on the wing, mm-hmm. out of his contested midfield role. <laughs> That's right, where he'd been deployed so effectively and he was shifted out of there. Yeah. Quite baffling. I mean, they got he's the win. He's still got a lot of touches. Yeah, yeah, and it worked out well enough with the win, but... I don't know, this, this Box Hill side still has room to improve, which is positive. And next, they've got another bye, as we say. Then after that, taking on the Bulldogs, 1.05pm at Witten Oval, which uh, should be an interesting one. Yeah, and I believe that's all of the games that the club was involved in on the weekend. And we can look forward to the first semi-final for the Hawthorne VFLW You side. really just want to overlook the qualifying final? Well, I'm sure they have strict instructions to absolutely obliterate from their memory exactly what happened. Yeah, it's the Sam Mitchell rule, isn't it? Sit on it for 24 hours, then once that time elapses, you never think about it again. You move on. The most important play of the day was the umpire completely snuffing out any hopes Hawthorne had of pulling back the margin. Yes, we unfortunately do have to get to the VFLW recap. I say unfortunately because of that very reason. We'll get to that in a moment. Essendon, 8-12-60, defeated Hawthorne, one one seven. That has to be our lowest score for the year. And the scoreline looks grim, tis. Mm. Can they come back from it, Nick? Well, I think the cause of concern is greatly diminished once you actually put this game under the microscope. So we're going to very briefly, so stay stay with us here, because I know it's a bleak scoreline, but there's more to it. So the Bombers, they were the dominant side early, and they've been unbeaten all year, so you knew they were going to turn up. And we were doing okay to hang in there, but it turns out, <laughs> I didn't realise, Essendon selected their AFLW-listed players, right, despite the fact that they're a couple of days out from pre-season. So they played a bulk of their best players that they had available. Hawthorne, on the other hand, 14 AFLW-listed players that didn't play. Now, if, if this comes down to an issue of health and well-being and doing right by the players to not pick them... We're not going to bother with the double goal stuff now, are we? Because well, knowing to- that, I mean, it just... This was a foregone conclusion. It's a lot of experience that just goes instantly out for a final series. Hawthorne did draw within 13 points and appeared to have a sniff despite all of this tears. I thought they had some momentum, but that sniff was snuffed out. Sniff snuffed. Yep. With one of the most blatant non-calls I've seen in years. I was absolutely livid watching this. An Essendon player ran off her mark, probably a good four steps, I would say. She went to dash around the mark and have a shot on goal. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. It was blatant as you could possibly be. And our defenders responded. Ran off the mark. Yeah, Yeah, and they charged in and went for the tackle. Instead of being called play on, Bombers were awarded a 50-meter penalty. Gross. There was another free kick in the ensuing scuffle, so it was a double goal. And curtains. 
That was the end of the contest. Decided by umpire, I will not hear differently. That is one of the most atrocious calls I've seen in a long time. Eight goals, 12 to one goal, one. Decided by the umpire. No, it was. It was. Now, Essendon were absolutely the more dominant team to that moment. But Hawthorne looked like they might... They were only 13 points away. Mm, okay. They, were, they, they had a shot. And then it blows out to 60 to 7, the final score. Yep. Absolute garbage decided by the umpires. And that's really unfortunate to happen in a qualifying final of all times. So I think we can bounce back. I think there's absolutely reasons that, you know, we turned in that kind of performance. Uh, Sunday, June 19th, the first semi-final. Hawthorne versus the Southern Saints, 1.05pm at Box Hill City Oval. That is one where there is no clash to speak of. It is a bye this week. So the men's teams are taking a break. You can get down to Box Hill City Oval. Entry is free. The winner advances to the prelim to face either Essendon, again, or Casey. But the loser is eliminated. So it's do or die here for Hawthorne. All right. Well, not a not a bad weekend by the club, but not a terrific one either. There's been a few injuries that we're just learning about? Yeah, one win out of three. Uh, the VFL loss was deflating. The finish from Fergus Green <laughs> to seal the match was incredible. And then I thought at least against Fremantle we put in a good showing. But now, as we move to look at the injury list, which has just dropped, uh, it's become a bit sizable again mm. out of nowhere. So as we run through it, Mitch Lewis with uh, his knee complaint is a week away. Are they taking into, into account the buy here? Don't think so. Okay, all right. Jack Gunston, an ankle, is a week away as well. Hamstring for Ned Long, also a week. Jekka, hamstring, one week away. Tom Phillips, he's a week away with his ankle. Now we start moving into the more significant injuries. Sam Frost, we mentioned at the top of the show, and knee, four to six weeks. Connor Downey, hamstring, four to six weeks. Just can't get a good run at it, can he? No, and that's going to make life tough for him. He is really playing for his spot on the list going forward. Yep. uh, And that's going to really hurt his chances a lot. Josh Ward with concussion, TBC. Okay. Continues to be an issue. I don't have any expertise in this field, so I don't know if this is cause for alarm. Let me knock you out. (laughs) I'll pass, but thank you. Uh, I mean, you've, you've mentioned on our bonus pod that he had... A history of concussion he sustained it before yep uh so maybe they're just being cautious i don't know yeah i hope everything's all right for him um but it's good to see that they're erring on the side of caution certainly doing so with max lynch as well who's still a tbc with concussion ben mcavoy no news there with his neck fracture still also categorized as uh tbc seamus mitchell is oh. the is the new one uh he's done an ankle whether it's the same one that was troubling him uh about a year or so ago i'm not sure but uh yeah he's done for the season as well and tyler brockman as we know on the inactive list with the shoulder injury done for the season okay so downey and seamus mitchell are in real trouble yeah i would say so i would say so they're two guys that really need to make the most of that back end for box hill uh box hill will be worse off without them but they also needed to prove themselves in terms of staying on Hawthorne's list. So, yeah, big news just announced this evening. Mm. Anyway, we do need to wrap up this episode of the Hawk Talk podcast. Lots of people have been lovely enough to leave our show a rating or review via Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so, we'd absolutely welcome it. Uh, we'd love to have you also join us on Twitter, twitter.com slash hawktalkpod, as we move towards another big milestone, 3,600 followers, Tiz. That's a such an amazing community we've built around this show. Uh, don't look now, but we're just a few likes off 2,000 over on Facebook. 
So there you go. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. And of course, we're also on Instagram. So catch us over there too. And if you love what we do, you can hop onto Patreon and support our show and get some sweet perks in the process. You can sign up at any tier, starting from a dollar. But most people get on board for the bonus content. Uh, and we had the Hawthorne quiz from hell last week. That was good fun. Uh, wasn't it, Tiz? Yep. <laughs> So we had the quiz. We, uh, we're bringing you our mid-season report card uh, this time around, divided up into two episodes, going through the entire Hawthorne list, player by player, and giving our grades for each of them. Now, that was interesting to see what we agreed on, how we diverged. It got heated, mate. Did it? Nah, it didn't. <laughs> but it was good fun, though. Uh, for access to that and all our other bonus content, check out all the details at Patreon. Here's where to head, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. I feel like I'm teetering on the brink of being one of those supporters that's happy with a loss, Nick. I know, it's a bit gross, isn't it? The whole honourable losses thing. I've never liked it myself. Hideous. Now, Absolutely now I'm, hideous. I'm in this space and I'm uncomfortable. But that's our lot as a developing side. We, you just got to... You look at the Frio one and you're like, that, that was as good a performance as we could have hoped for in a loss, right? And you have to acknowledge that. Flag mantle... No, no, I'm not I'm not buying into that by any stretch. <laughs> but then again, can't buy into the D's either. Oh, I'm loving that. Is that what's called death riding? Is that <laughs> Yeah. I think they call it Schadenfreude. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's good. There's that three feet the D's fans hoped for. If they get a four peat, I might even oh. I might even book Entrecot. What do you reckon? <laughs> just just a table off to the side to observe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. They're playing Brisbane, so they're every chance of dropping a fourth in a row. Do you reckon we should just ring up and book a table under Stephen May? I reckon we wouldn't be the first ones. <laughs> <laughs> a few people do that exact thing. Uh, do you reckon Melksham felt like they would have won if he had a played? <laughs> you, well, I was going to say, do you reckon he gets a game this week? Nope. He's dealing with a hand infection. So... <laughs> I can't wait till they blame Milksham for everything that's gone wrong. It, it does seem like it's headed that way, yeah. and that is glorious. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Mind you, and while I know we're ending this Hawthorne podcast with some Melbourne chat, but whatever was said... We know what was said. Do You don't think it was worse? Nah. I think it has to be worse than really? that. Really? Yeah. Nah. Does That's enough. For the podcast, or...? <laughs> <laughs> that's bad enough, isn't it? Yeah, it is bad enough. Uh, We do need to wrap up. Mate, this is a week off. We've got the bye week. What are you going to do on the weekend? We we can't watch Hawthorne. I mean, we can get down to Box Hill on the Sunday, obviously, but it's going to be weird. For for the first time in a while, there's no senior men's side. There's no reserves. Feels good, actually. (laughs) You need a week off. (laughs) Tell you what we're doing next week, though. We've got a special guest lined up. Friend of the show. It's AJ. Is he more positive about Hawthorne than you or less negative than me? There's some sizzle. I guess we'll wait to find out. <laughs> I can tell you this, though. He is riding high on Harry Morrison being one of the best wingmen in the comp. Oh, he loves him. And why not? He's having a sensational year. So we're looking forward to that. Make sure you join us next week. Make sure you get onto Patreon as well for the bonus apps. They're a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash Pod, And that's where we're going to leave it. We'll be back next week. Join us then. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.